Hi and welcome to today's episode of Hope, Help, Happiness. Now it's Sunday again and so this is my weekly review of the episodes that I have created during the course of the last seven days. And what I'm going to do is just quickly go through a summary of each of those episodes with the highlights and some reflections on those episodes now that a few days have passed since I have published them. So on Monday I did an episode that was about the fact that the I'd finally got access to resources that had been allocated to me for as part of the um, uh, healing that uh, and the therapy I'm going to go through later on in the year. And previously they were password protected, which I still can't understand. And the password they sent me was wrong. So it was really just an update on the fact that I had finally got access to those resources. And I'm I'm a little I'm I'm not sure whether I'm gonna do this or not. Uh, I'm still wrestling with the um, ethics of it, but these are resources produced by the NHS. Um, we don't pay for them. Uh, they're freely available, yet they are protected, password protected. And I'm really tempted just to make them available, freely available to others who can benefit from them. Because I can't see why they should be protected, why they should be controlled, why they should be controlled access. They're good, valuable information for people to benefit from and I can't understand why they hide them away. So I'm toying with the idea of making them available on, uh, well, I'm not sure how I'll make them available but I'm toying with that idea and seeing where that takes me. Um, not that I want to get anything from that, I want to give other people the opportunity to access those resources but um, I'll see where that goes. I'll, I'll think about that one. So that was Monday's episode. Tuesday's episode um, was one where I reflected on a simple question asked to me by my GP who I'd gone to see about an unrelated um, issue that uh, I have and how I felt cared for because the GP had taken the time to ask me how I was feeling and get an update on the challenges that I had even though I was there to see them about something completely different. It also raised this issue of the stigma I still have about talking about these um, issues. And I'm still in two minds about the need for me to keep hiding it. I swing from, I don't want people to know because I feel and fear that I will be rejected and that I will be judged that I'll be seen as deficient. Um, now whilst that may not be true for everyone, the, the, the more driving um, the more driving sensation for me is this admittance of it will feel like a greater acknowledgement of my inadequacies and my weaknesses. So it's not that I necessarily fear the reaction of other people, it's more a case of the, the fear of how I perceive them. And the issue is with me, I realise that. So there's still that stigma associated with it. On the other hand, though, um, I keep seeing examples of people 
who are admitting and openly admitting the challenges they're facing and how they're dealing with them. And they, there's a sense of strength and courage and vulnerability that comes from that, that is helping them, that is also helping others. Because when I see someone who does that, I think, well, okay, so there is hope for me. So there's benefit in that. Um, and then the other reason why I perhaps want to keep it to myself is because there are other people out there, maybe you listening to this, who don't want to share the fact that you're struggling. Um, now, on the one hand, going and seeking help is what will accelerate the process. But on the other hand, there's a lot of hands here today, isn't there? But on the other hand, um, I fully understand why people might want to protect that. And so I sort of want to honour those people who might listen to this, and that may be you, who don't want to share it. And I want to explain how I've helped heal myself and helped deal with my challenges from that position of doing it alone and doing it from seeking out the help that I can find and applying it to myself. So I'm torn and I'm not sure which way to go. I'm not doing this because I want to I want any credit or I want any publicity. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I'm helping myself grow through this. And I know that there are going to be other people who are struggling in the same way I am. Not maybe caused by the same things, but having the same sort of feelings and might also have the same approach and same view that they don't want to go public with it for whatever reason. And I think that being able to draw upon the success or not as the case may be or the challenges of someone else doing that might help them might help you um, move through addressing your challenges so so I, I'm, I'm torn I'm torn between that and the jury's still out on that one um, I shall default at the moment to keeping this to myself because it serves me for my current belief system and I think there's a it will help others at the moment too so we'll see where that goes um, on Wednesday, I talked about how even though at the moment I'm feeling very positive, very upbeat, very focused, and I'm, I'm lightest uh, away from where I was just a few weeks ago even because of what I've been able to do and able to work on, uh, I talked about how I'm going to continue having counselling sessions even though I could quite easily say, no, I don't need them because I feel good at the moment. And what hit home for me on that particular day was that I had a feeling come up of inadequacy, of not feeling good enough, that grabbed me at my heart and my emotional centre and pulled me down. And it was as though everything I'd done had been wiped away in one instant, in one thought. And I realised that there are still things that need to be addressed to stop that from moving me forward. To stop that from stopping me moving forward is what I meant to say there. So there are still deep-seated issues. Now, the interesting thing about this is, do I have to fix those issues? Or do I have to learn to manage the impact of those issues being there? Because from whatever 
whatever has happened in the past that has set up in me the belief systems that allow me to or drive me to think the way I do and act the way I do and demonstrate the behaviours that I do that cause me to feel the way I feel, I can't change those things. Those things exist, those things happened. The only thing I can change is my perception of them and the value I give to them in my ongoing life. That's all I can change. And so, do I need to fix it or do I need to manage it? And that's the journey I'm exploring through counselling. I think it's probably going to be more about managing it and doing things in spite of those feelings. Although there is a part of me that actually would like to maybe clear up some of the causes of those feelings so they don't happen again. So that's why I'm continuing counselling. Now on Thursday I shared a video from Tom Bilyeu's Impact Theory which was an interview with or ec extracts of interviews that he's done with as he said in the title seven wildly successive people successive successful people who struggle with mental health challenges and there were seven interviews or seven extracts from interviews that looked at a broad range of topics and thoughts around about uh, dealing with mental health challenges. But there were two that struck home for me. The first one was from a guy called Brendan Burchard. And his advice, aside from getting help if you're feeling suicidal, was to gain momentum and start your day with something small. And that might be just getting out of bed and making your bed, or it might be just having a shower. And he, he used the phrase, because that's all you've got. And that is probably the best piece of advice that I have heard. In fact, not only heard, but also applied, because it was that approach that got me out of my bed, that raised my head, that started me moving forward. For me, it was simply getting out of bed and doing a, a small stretch. And slowly that has built up. And I've been recording these episodes now for over four weeks. And when I first started them, I can still remember just how bad I felt about myself while I was waiting for the National Health Service to give me some help and that's when I realised it wasn't going to happen and in that time the transformation has been remarkable as I reflect back on where I was to where I am now what I'm able to do now I'm still a long way from finding my feet and really making the impact I want to make and really making the progress I want to make but the difference is amazing and it started off by doing something small and then doing that again and then feeling good about doing that because I've done it. Then having the discipline to keep doing it. Now in the early days, if you go back to some of the early episodes, you'll see where I fell off the wagon and struggled and just went back to bed. So it's not all plain sailing, but I kept doing it. And that's been a real, real bonus for me, a real asset for me. And then the other interview that struck home for me was with Mel Robbins and she talked about the five second rule. Now I've heard of these sort of things before but the way she expressed it, the way she described it as a way of dealing with anxiety, as a way of dealing with thoughts that drag you down, your own thoughts that drag you down, 
was stunning in its simplicity. The five second rule is simply this. When you find yourself about to do something that you know is not constructive, and in fact is destructive or is not good for you, when you're about to think or when you're thinking something that is not supporting you, a way of changing that and interrupting that is to do what he, she calls the five second rule. Simply count back from five to one. Five, four, three, two, one. What that does is a couple of things. The first thing is that often the destructive thoughts that we have, the destructive behaviours, have become habitual because we've done them so often they become automatic. Now if they're automatic they are a habit loop and those habit loops reside in a part of the brain called the basal ganglia and they're fired off automatically and the reason it's in there is because our brain watches what we do, recognises the things we do more often and then puts it in a part of the brain where it's more efficient, requires less energy, and that's where the basal ganglia is. It does that because it wants to reduce the energy expenditure that we have, just in case we need to use it to fight or flight, because fundamentally we're animals. So that's what happens. And so when you do something that is destructive, that you keep doing over and over again, you're triggering this habit loop. So what the 54321 process does is that in order to do that process, you have to shift the energy of your thoughts to a different part of the brain in order to count from five down to one. And by doing that, you take away energy from the habitual loop and all of a sudden you now, back, you now have control of your thoughts because you've turned that channel off that's the automatic channel, you've opened up another one that is you counting and having done that you can then inject another thought that's going to serve you or you can do something different, a better behaviour that's going to serve you. And for me that was just a remarkable description of something extremely powerful. And I've taken the time here just to reflect more on it because it's something I want you to consider for yourself because I've started using it and it is making a difference. So that was um, Thursday's video. On Friday, I did a post called uh, that my healing from depression should hurt. <laughs> and it was based on reflections I had from the previous day, having done the video, uh, done the podcast on the video. And what I discovered I was doing is I was editing what I was really saying when I did the podcast episode because I didn't want to, I wanted to be on the fence. I didn't want to commit. I didn't want to make a comment that was a little bit negative because there were some things that I thought, I thought about that actually I need to express this, but I didn't. And I didn't because I was trying to make it, I was trying to make it better for people. I was trying to keep the peace. I was trying to make sure no one would be upset. I was, and I realized that was happening. And on reflecting on that, as I thought about it, I realized that I was running away from uncomfortable feelings by adopting that behavior. And the only way I'm going to overcome the consequences of doing that is to face up to the, f the feelings that I'm avoiding. And if I do that, that's going to be painful. I'm not going to like that. And so, but I know I need to do it. I know I need to face up to them in order to deal with them. And that's why I said, that healing should hurt. 
I think it's very easy to wrap someone up in cotton wool who is struggling with the emotional side of things, who is struggling with mental well-being challenges. It's very, it's, it's seen as, well, the easy thing is to maybe wrap them up with cotton wool and nurture them through it. But often the reality of why we are struggling, sorry, I'll say that again, the reality of why I'm struggling, because I can only talk from my own experience, the reality of why I'm struggling is because I have not had the emotional strength, the mental courage to be able to deal with certain issues in a mature and adult way. I've avoided them because my belief system has felt that, or set up in me, the belief that if I deal with them, then I'm likely to lose out through rejection or through humiliation. And of course, that means that I don't feel empowered and that means that I start beating myself up because of me not doing what I know I should be doing. And so that thought process sets up in me depression. And it got to the point where I was very close to taking my own life. And in fact, I was planning to take my own life. And so in order to address those issues, I've got to face up to the challenges and I've got to address them and I've got to walk into areas that are going to be uncomfortable. It has to hurt. But from that hurting, from that struggle, will come a strength. Muscle isn't built by easy stuff. Muscle is built by tearing it slightly and allowing it to heal. Then it becomes stronger. And essentially that's what I've got to do mentally. And it was a really interesting insight to come up and, and appreciate that. So that was Friday, and then yesterday, uh, Saturday, I did um, an episode where I was talking about how my fears manifest and the impact they have on me. And this was related to what happened the day before. And I was talking about my fears of rejection, my fears of humiliation, and how I'd spent an hour and a half crafting an email to some colleagues I'm working on with a project making sure that it was written in a way that couldn't be seen as critical, couldn't be seen or couldn't necessarily warrant a rejection or an adverse response because I was sensitive to um, a potential response because I was looking to address behaviours that weren't supporting what we were doing. And it took me an hour and a half to write an email that should have taken 10 minutes. And I just reflected on that. I also talked about how I'd been avoiding contacting a company who I'd paid for training, didn't go on the training, had cancelled, but they wouldn't give me a refund. And how I'm fearful of the conflict. I'm fearful of the rejection. I'm fearful of having to deal with that. And so I don't want to do it. I don't want to address it. I just rather curl up under the duvet and go to sleep. And that's what I was doing a few months ago. But I know I can't do that because that's no one should have to live like that. And that's how I'd allow myself to live. Um, but the encouraging thing about yesterday's episode was that I talked about how I was working with someone and they'd not done what they needed to do. And I held them to account. But I did it in a way that was caring. I did it in a way that was firm. Um, I did it in a way that was 
from a position of love and care for them wanting to move on. It was a bit tough love. And I wasn't sure whether to, because this person is a close friend and I didn't want to be rejected by them, but I could see they needed to hear what I had to say. That was my opinion anyway. And so I gave them my thoughts. And you could see it. they didn't like what they heard. Not necessarily it was for me. They didn't like the message, but they realised the message was what they need to hear. The following day, I had a message from them thanking me for it. So I know I can face up to it. I know I can deal with it. I just don't like the fact that I've got to. Um, so, yeah. It's been an interesting week. Um, I've made tremendous progress. I continue to make progress. I continue to struggle through some of this. But hopefully, if you've listened to this, if you listen all the way through this, if you've listened to any of the episodes, and you find yourself in a situation where you feel or you're experiencing challenges to your mental health, your mental well-being, and you want to find a way through, Again, I want to, I mean, this, is, this podcast is called Hope, Help, Happiness. I want to give you hope that it's possible. Because I've seen others who give me hope, and I've shared some of that with you. But also, I have trodden a path that has moved me much, much further away from where I was. And so hopefully my experience will give you hope. I know you can do it because where I was a few weeks ago, I couldn't even get out of bed. And it's the difference that I see that I realise that it's possible. And I want to give you that hope as well. In terms of healing, on the episodes I've shared some of the strategies that I think will well, have helped me. I've shared some resources that have helped me. So there's, there are ways to, or there's information you can find. In terms of healing, I think the biggest message I can give you from my own experience, and it's one I've seen expressed by other people as well, is that you are responsible for your healing. No one can do it for you. No one can do it to you. You are responsible. When I realised there was no one going to come to save me when I got that message from the NHS that any treatment was going to be seven months away, it suddenly woke up in me that I've got to take control of this. What I've realised in this short time, in the four or five weeks since that happened, I've realised that I, I do have control because I've made that difference. And I feel I'm on a healing journey. Already parts of me have begun to heal. Already I'm starting to see the benefits of the work I'm doing on myself. And it's not major work, it's just a case of getting out of bed, doing a couple of exercises and keep doing that every day. And thinking about things a slightly different way and, and making progress. It's been a day-by-day -day progress, but healing is possible. As for happiness, um, I haven't been happier for a long time. Whether I've achieved happiness um, 
is debatable, but I feel in a good place now. And I think perhaps my next growth phase is understanding what the definition of happiness is. I have read, I have seen, I have heard people talk about it not being a destination, but being the journey that you're on. And I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see the fact that I've been able to publish 30 six this will be the 36th episode of a podcast every single day for the last 36 days is a journey i've been traveling and i have benefited from that journey and so there's need there still needs to be more explanation exploration of how to generate more positive feelings in my being through exercise through meditation through diet through being with people through achievement through um, uh, through recognising the uh, courage I've faced when I've struggled through something. I think there's still more work to be done there, but I'm sure, I'm sure of it that, that that process will help me move closer to happiness. In fact, I keep saying this, I, think, I keep describing it as a destination, but I actually think my journey is one of happiness. Being doing this is me being happy. I've still got to get my head around that because I can't quite express it. I can't quite explain it yet, but it seems to be the way forward. So, um, oh my word, I've just looked at the time. I've waxed on for 25 minutes. If you've seen your, if you've listened all the way to the end, um, I congratulate you for your perseverance. Um, this podcast has been as much about me self-therapizing, therapizing, therapying, Therapping. <laughs> I'm not sure what the verb is. Healing myself, that's it. And I'm saying what I need to hear. And some of that may also benefit you. Some of that you may also need to hear as well. And I'd encourage you to start talking through, if only to yourself, about these issues. Because when you hear yourself express thoughts about this, later on so I'm going to I'm going to stop this shortly I'm then going to listen to what I've just said as a way of reflecting on my thoughts seeing what I can gather from that before I publish it formally when I when I've done that's been really helpful it's a form of reflection so um, probably my longest episode so far um, I look forward to sharing more parts of my journey with you over the coming seven days and uh, until tomorrow.